This is Orson Welles on the Air, featuring the old-time radio performances of the legendary Orson Welles. Shouting. 
small frightened man out of breath and frantic came wheeling around the corner and piled into me head on hey hey there what's the where's the butter mouth of my way hey not so fast papas papas don't you recognize me right who's after you the devil the police are chasing me here take this okay what is it fifty thousand dollars worth of opium oh, what's that the opium fifty thousand dollars worth Take it. Well, what am I going to do with it? Then if they catch me, they'll have to let me go. Tonight at 7.30, bring it to the Grand Hotel. My principal will be there. And we'll cut you in. Okay, huh? I'm with you. Beat him now. Duck down this alley. Thank you, Harry. Tonight at 7.30. Tonight at 7.30. Uh, you. Hey, you just a minute. Uh, you're the police, aren't you? Yes. Are you chasing the little man who ran around the corner here, the one in the dirty white suit? Yes, yes. You saw him? He went down that alley. Come! Down the alley! I waited until the police disappeared, and then I did some running on my own account. To my hotel. I repacked my bag, making certain to conceal among my handkerchiefs and shirts the package my friend Papas had been so kind as to give me. Then... Hello, desk. Mr. Lime, in room 1123. On a reservation at 2 o'clock plane for Paris. Yes, yes, I, I, know, I know I just arrived, but I'm, I'm leaving now. And I was now the sole owner of $50,000 worth of opium. In Paris, I could protect myself to some extent because of connections. And the other problem... I was how to smuggle it into America, where I knew I'd be able to get the best price for it. In Paris, I set about to find some likely tourist into whose luggage I'd be able to put my package. It took me three days to find my American. Very lovely-looking American, outside a cafe. A lovely, fresh, unspoiled girl sat watching the Parisian scene. Some men would merely have looked at her hungrily until the cafe closed. Not Harry Lyme. Do I know you? My name is Harry Lyme. I don't know you. Why? I just introduced myself. Perhaps I should warn you that I'm waiting for my parents. Oh, good. Fine. I'd very much like to meet your parents. You are rude, aren't you? You don't really believe that. You know, a man can see a girl and know that this is the girl. One I've always felt must be somewhere on earth. The one I've never met and always wanted to meet. But he doesn't speak and she goes away and he never sees her again. So is it rudeness if he speaks to her? Is it wisdom? <laughs> You're very bold. Well, I hope I'm also convincing. I very much want to be. Can I sit down? Well, since my parents are coming. Thank you. Ah, that's better. Now, maybe I ought to know your name. Helen Bow. How do you do? <laughs> American? Of course. I'm from New York, but you're not. How can you tell? Because you're unselfconscious, because you're direct and simple in the best sense of that word. You're, you're not from a large city, but you're not a farm girl either. You're from a small city. Probably the Midwest, right? I'm from Youngster. <laughs> See? You're very clever. No, no. I'm interested, that's all. So interested that I can't be satisfied with anything less than a close and complete study of you. Oh, you make me sound like a picture in the Louvre. Yeah, much too natural for that. I hope you're going to be in Paris for a while. Well, we're leaving in about a week, I think. Doesn't give you much time. Tell me, are your parents due here any minute? No. I'm supposed to meet them here in an hour, but 
I didn't know where else to go. Good. We have an hour left. Uh, at least an hour. For what? For me to show you Paris. <laughs> Come on. Oh, well, well, really? Let's I... make it more than an hour. Let's leave a note for them. We can meet them later at your hotel, and I'll take you all to dinner. <laughs> Goodness, you're so sudden, so abrupt. I haven't much time with you, you know. Only a week. Gaston? <laughs> So I was tempted to see whether I could wean this girl away from her parents for the whole evening. I for once acted the perfect gentleman. Refinement is one of my many skills. Boring but useful in my trade. This girl and her Midwestern parents were perfect to smuggle the opium into the U.S. for me. So I questioned her with real interest about herself and her family. My brother Jack was killed in the war. We came over here to see his grave. Mm -hmm. I was very solicitous. I knew that Americans are always happy to meet compatriots abroad, all Americans, but I, that is, and this time even I was delighted. I took her back to the hotel, met her parents, took them all to dinner. Yes, sir, Mr. Lyon, I tell you, there's no place like Youngstown. Isn't that right, Mother? It's nice town. I mean, it's nice. And you, Helen? You like your hometown, too? Why, I... Of course she does. Why shouldn't she? She was born there. Oh, Daddy, that's no reason for liking a place? I do like it, though. Helen had some of the nicest times back home, Mr. Lyme. I mean, she's really enjoyed herself with the young folks and all, I mean. Hey, I'm getting jealous. You come to Youngstown, Mr. Lyme. We'll show you what living can be. I mean, among real folks, Mr. Lyme. Mm -hmm. They were perfect for my gag. Real homespun boobs who wouldn't suspect I'd plant anything in their luggage and would not be suspected by customs officials. I knew after five minutes that I had the answer to my problem. After dinner, they took me back to the hotel suite, and here in a city full of the greatest art treasures in the world, I was made to exclaim over the family photograph albums that they'd brought from Youngstown. This picture was taken at the picnic grove, Mr. Lyon. See, Dad and his wife, Lan, will see it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Wore my ice cream pants that day. Oh, this picture doesn't do justice to Helen. Oh, you're making fun of no, her. No, I'm not making mm, fun at all. Easy to see which member of the family this young fellow's interested in. Eh, Mother? <laughs> oh, now you're embarrassing me. Oh, personally, I think it would be impossible to embarrass you, Mr. Lyon. Call me Harry, won't you, Helen? Oh, that's an example of what I mean. Oh, Mr. Lyon, here... Here's a picture of our poor dead boy. Jack. Oh. So he's a fine-looking boy. It's a wonderful picture. Why haven't you had it framed? It would look nice in a frame, wouldn't it? I sure would. Say, maybe I could get one for you. Oh, no. Why not? I know where I can get a beauty. And over here, things don't cost like they do in the States. So we don't have to settle that now, do we? Right now, all I'd like to do is to have you all agree to be my guest on a tour of the city oh, tomorrow. I'd like that first rate. And one other thing. With your permission and with Helen's consent, of course... I'd like to take Helen to the Folie Berger right now. Well, that's up to Helen. Oh, I'd like it very much. Oh, that's great. Let's go. In two or three days, I was in solid with the family, and so the day before they were to leave for Cherbourg to take the boat for New York, I felt I could move in with my presence with a silver frame good-sized one, a thick one, a hollow one for the boy's picture. In my room, I opened the little package I'd received from Pappas and concealed its contents in the hollow of the frame. Then I visited the Bolt family in their suite. 
Well, this is a wonderful present, Lon. Oh, I'm glad you like it. Oh, thank you, Harry. It's such a beautiful frame. You've done this so we can have Jack's picture on the piano back home. I mean, it's the nicest thing that's happened on the whole trip. Oh, believe me, it's my pleasure. Oh, see, see how the picture fits. Isn't it nice? Wonderful. Jim Dan. Oh. Uh, now, what time do you leave for Sherbrooke? Right and early tomorrow morning. I've been thinking I'd... I'd like to go with you, if I may. Oh, no. See you all. No, 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 no. There's no need. Oh, you'll be seeing us in Youngstown when you come back to America, Harry. Of course. We don't want to put you out. You'd rather stay in Paris. Oh, but my dear people, I'd rather not stay in Paris. I'd rather be with you. I want to wave goodbye to you as you sail. Uh, well, it's very nice of you, Harry, but I... Oh, no, I insist. Well, uh, oh, Mother, I think if he insists, well, that is a compliment to us. If Harry insists... And I do. Then we've got to let him come. But don't you see that? Don't you agree, Father? Well, I guess I do. Okay, young fella. Gee, thanks. Orson Welles returns in just a moment as the third man. continues with Every Frame Has a Silver Lining. I wanted to go to Sherbrooke. Do I have to tell you? Because I, I never believed in leaving anything to chance. I had to know which suitcase the picture with the silver frame got packed in. I was determined to put them on the boat. So I went to Sherbrooke. The night before they were to sail, I walked with Helen down by the wharves. So still tonight. Mm. The night is holding its breath for us, Helen. Our last night. Yes. Our last night is sad, of course, but there is something beautiful about it, too, isn't there? There's always something beautiful about sadness. Yes, I know. And Helen, I'd like to make believe tonight. I'd like to pretend that this is the end. That we're never going to see each other again? Mm. It could be. Oh, I don't mean it, but even though I'd soon come to you in Youngstown, even though we might soon be married, I want to say goodbye to you tonight, the way a man says goodbye to a girl he loves and we'll never see again. Oh, I know how you feel. I feel that way, too. Harry, darling. Helen. Look at me, Helen. Yes. Oh, Kiss me, Harry. Mm. Kiss me. I delivered her finally into the hands of her parents, and before we had a nightcap together, I helped them pack, helped them put the frame I'd bought them, the opium they didn't know about, to a certain suitcase. 
Tomorrow I'd put them on the boat, then I'd take the plane to America, and before they arrived, I'd have certain friends of mine ready to hijack that suitcase as soon as they got it through the customs. Everything was working for the best, and the best of all possible worlds. I slept well. The next morning, quite early, I went to their room in the hotel. not make so much noise. Well, I'm trying to rouse my friends. But, monsieur, that room is vacant. Nonsense. The bolts are staying here. No, monsieur. They have left at two o'clock this morning. See? I show you. Vacant. Oui, they have gone. I stood there in the doorway looking into the room vacated by my erstwhile friends. And in my mind's ear, I heard the voice of Pappas. My principals will meet you tonight in the Grand Hotel. They met me, all right. They met me, Pappas's principals, and took me. Perhaps Pappas, who knew me well, had told them that I liked a pretty face. Now they were gone, and so was my opium. And so was my $50,000. I advanced into that room. But, monsieur, you have no right in here. Yeah, does this give me the right? Oh, thank you, monsieur, thank you. Can I help you in any way, monsieur? Yeah, I'm looking for something. We oui, and for what? I don't know. <laughs> Clues. Here is this picture on the floor, monsieur. Ah, Brother Jack. Not they'd only left the frame around that picture. Ah, uh, monsieur? Uh, never mind. Uh, hey, what's this? What? On the desk blotter there. Someone was writing on a paper over this blotter, and he bore down hard. Let's see. Let's see if we can make it out. Vingt, trois, rue de... Sure, 23 rue de Oh, say, I'm off. Mais, monsieur! Ah, ces Américains! The rue de Pachure in Marseille is a short and quiet street, quiet to the point of being suspicious. The street was more vacant lots than dilapidated frame houses in need of paint. Number 23 was there. A house with streaked windows, a house seemingly deserted. No one was watching, so I mounted the steps of the porch with my automatic in my hand. How do you like? Hello, Pappas. This gun has real bullets in it. I'm coming in. Come in? Yes, uh, come in. Okay. Where are they? Who? People you're holding prisoner. Papas, I've come to take them out. Where's that girl? Where are they? In that room. Okay, lead on, McPapas. Open the door. Harry! Hello, darling. Hello, Mother and Father. Lime, now, wait a minute. We'll make a deal with you. Over at the corner, Papas. We always intended to cut you in. Oh, that's a silly thing to say. Grace, he knows better. Grace, huh? Not Mother. 
<laughs> I'm relieved. Lime, listen to me. And there's the opium right on the table, still in the frame. Well, thank you, one and all. Oh, now, wait a minute. There's a man coming to pick up that opium and give us the money for it. He's due here any minute. When you knocked, we thought he'd come. He's paying American prices, Lime. Yes, and we'll cut you in. We always intended to. What do you say, Lime? It's a good deal for you, Harry. Yeah, sounds like a good deal. Ah. For me. What do you mean? Open the door of that next room, Helen. That's fine. I think it'd be nice to tie you people up in here. Oh, no. You don't realize. Lion, you're not serious. Oh, Harry, please. Uh, it's no use to argue with Harry. I know him. He's not an honest man. <laughs> Come on, all of you. In here. All right. Now, all of you set to work tearing down these drapes. Come on. Hop to it. Helen. Well? You're going to tie them up. And then you'll tie me up? How would you like to come with me? Do you mean it? I mean it. We could be an excellent team. Nobody more innocent looking than you, and nobody more full of excellent ideas for making use of your innocent appearance oh. than I. What do you say? All right, Harry, it's a deal. Oh, it's a dirty double cross. I you up off the street. Shut up. Shut up. All right, Helen, tie him up. Gag him. All right, darling. Glad to. She tied them well, and afterwards she and I went into the other room and waited for the messenger with the money. Oh, it's going to be a merry life. Oh, it is that, it is that. You know, it's a relief, Helen. What is? Discovering that you're not a little maiden from Youngstown. I can like you just as much this way, more, but it's fine not pretending. Oh, you pretended well. Not half so well as you. Do you love me, Harry? Now, there you are. A woman can have all the wickedness and all the terrible, precocious knowledge of a street urchin, and still she remains a woman. Do I love you? Yes, Helen, I love you. I'm glad. I have a soft spot, you see. I could have left you in that room with the others. I could have taken all the money for myself, but I love you. Oh, I'm glad you have that soft spot. And I am a woman, really. Well, there's messenger. Come on. Oh, no, no, wait a minute. My automatic. Never can tell when you're dealing with crooks. All right, let's go. I'll cover the door with a gun. You open it. Nusson, gendarme. Oh, police. Put on the gun. Monsieur, take it from him, Jacques. Now, uh, gentlemen, gentlemen, wait, wait. Now, uh... there will be no waiting, monsieur. We know you have opium here. We've been watching the house. We have also got the man who was here with the money. Oh, Harry, what can we do? Now, there, gentlemen, there is a clever girl. What do you mean, Harry? Do you hear her? She's making it sound as though I was one of them. Harry! What are you saying, monsieur? Well, you saw me with the gun trained on her. I made her open the door, and I was going to take the messenger. Did not realize, of course, that you, the so efficient policeman, had already taken him. I, I made this girl confess to me where the opium was oh, hidden. He's lying. He lured me here. He's been making love to me. I want the truth, ma'am. <laughs> you won't get it from her, gentlemen. You said you loved me. You said we were to be married. Gentlemen, this is a most wicked liar. In the back room, you will find the rest of her gang, tied up as I tied them myself. You can easily trace this girl to these people. She's gone everywhere on the continent with them, pretending to be the daughter of the two of them. Is that a lie, young lady? You, you... Uh-uh. Monsieur, if your story is true, France will be most great. No, it's quite, it's quite all right. It's quite all right. You'll find the gang back there. Jacques, you stay here with these people. I myself will go and see... Uh, oh, by the way, Captain. Yes? Just in case you're wondering about my angle in this, I believe your so gracious country offers a reward in cases like this. That is true. I do hope you'll be able to put it through for me quite speedily, Captain. I really shouldn't stay in Marseille much longer. I will do my best, monsieur. Thank you very much. Dirty, dirty swine, Harry. Oh, now, easy does it, darling. I'm a realist. 
you know, my sweet, though you are so beautiful, I'm afraid I cannot undertake to wait for you to get out of whatever Bastille is about to embrace you. After all, there's a time for everything. There's a time for seeing Paris. There's a time for making love, a time for sentiment. There's time for you. About ten years, I should think. So long, dear. returns in just a moment. story. I told you once before I don't approve of dope, and you may have thought from this little adventure that I'd gone against my principles, really. You should know me better by now. Harry Lyme may be a trifle underweight on some of the virtues, but touch upon his principles, and I warn you, watch out. The police, of course, got the dope. But even if they hadn't arrived at that rather dramatic moment, I'll let you in on a secret. I'd already come to a decision. I was going to claim that police reward anyway. Of course, I may have been influenced by reading about the size of the reward, and also by the size of the risk. You know, the way things are going, it may pay to be honest, which all goes to prove that even Harry Lyme may not be incorruptible, if you see what I mean. (laughs) 